Hello, and welcome back to the Beyond Leadership Podcast. Today, you are in for such a fun and entertaining and just really knowledgeable episode. My guest today is Amy Hager, who is a true marketer and community builder. And she's used her years of experience and expertise in these areas to help coach consultants around the world and help them build businesses that they love at the Joyful Business Revolution. Actually, Amy's yoga instructor says she has already lived 12 lives because she's had so many experiences that she draws on to build this business and that she's going to tell us all about today. But just a few of them. I mean, she's raced cars. She's been a radio DJ. She's built sales and marketing teams. She's worked at a group home to support adults with mental illness. She started a youth group. She's been a military spouse. And that's just the beginning. Her experiences, though, help her relate and apply strategies across many different industries by utilizing her background in marketing, communications, engagement, community development, and organizational growth. Now, I think we could all aspire to have that kind of a background. When this cat mom isn't helping clients with her joyful marketing, she can be found finding her joy while exploring her own backyard, hanging out on her boat, and visiting as many wineries as possible while she travels the world. Without any further ado, here's today's episode with Amy. You're listening to the Beyond Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Mae Chipchinski. It is my purpose in life to use the lessons I've learned from more than a decade of leadership experience in everything from business to politics to nonprofit and the military to help you become the leader you've always dreamed of having. Whether you lead a network marketing team, a Bible study, a global brand, or a family of four, every week I'm going to walk you through tangible ways to grow your influence and make your vision a reality. So if you're ready to drop the burnout and bullshit strategy you've been fed and design your own aligned leadership style, you're in the right place. Let's go. Amy, thank you so much for joining the show today. I I really appreciate you having you here. and I'm so excited to finally nerd out with somebody else talking about leadership strengths today. Sarah, we're like kindred spirits. I hope you all listening today are ready to roll because we're already jazzed. (laughs) Just like just our couple of minutes of conversation before we hit record. I was like, I should have been recording this whole time. But so Amy, tell everybody listening a little bit about you and like your background before we even get into the real juicy stuff today. Totally. So I'm located just a little bit south of Washington, D.C. And, um, you know, my nonprofit association work actually started as a member. So my husband was stationed out in Washington State and I worked for our local uh, publishing company and we published a magazine and a newspaper. And my job as the PR director was to belong to every chamber and every like little local association possible. So I think I belong to nine chambers and like three associations. As a volunteer, I just fell in love with it, right? Everybody Mm -hmm. getting together, kind of being behind a movement. So when we got orders to move out to DC, I was like, oh my gosh, Washington, DC, the mecca of the association world. So I knew that's exactly what I wanted to do. And 
My first job was at the Association of General Contractors, and we were a lovely marketing department of two. And from there, um, you know, I achieved my uh, CAE, Certified Association Executive, through ASAE, and also my IOM designation through the Institute of um, organizational management at the U.S. Chamber Foundation. And I've been in every single role, to be honest, Sarah, minus legal, minus <laughs> accounting, and uh, minus like office, like the front office manager that you check in with when you come into an organization. So I've been an executive director, marketing membership, um, events planner. And so really, I love the nonprofit space and I love being able to connect with others in the space because we just have such this unique like look and, and lifestyle. And I love getting the question of, Amy, what the heck do you do again? <laughs> I think it's one that we frequently get in the association world. Yes. So you work with nonprofits. Um, and I guess part of your story is you went from an association member Mm-hmm. to being an exec and starting to build teams. And that's kind of where I want to – that's where it gets really good when we start talking about strengths. So I talk all the time about how there's there's two different camps of, of people when you look at your strengths. There's the people who say, these are my strengths. These are my weaknesses. Let me work on improving my weaknesses. And then there's this other group of people that says – these are my strengths. These are the things that I know are not my strengths. So I'm going to surround myself with people who are good at this stuff and I am going to work at what I am good at. And Lord help me if I ever am in another position where I have to quote unquote work on my strengths because it's, it's not what I'm naturally good at. It's not my passion. It takes me 7 million times longer than somebody who has that as their strength. Yeah. And that is kind of what you – learned and you discovered and how you put together teams, right? Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, by going through the ranks and doing every every position job available at an association or nonprofit, I really felt like I was becoming this jack of all trades. And when I started to put together a resume and it was like 10 pages long because of all of the stuff I was doing, I was like, this is ridiculous. How do we flip this script? And when you talk about like staying in your strength or staying in your zone of genius, I know what my zone of genius is and I'm really, really good at it. But can I do other things? Yes. And so then I feel like I'm always reforming myself and like trying to do things that are being asked that probably I shouldn't even be trying to tackle. And so when I got the opportunity to hire staff or to bring and build a team, you know, especially with sales and marketing, I really wanted to make sure that the people I were bringing on enjoyed what they were doing. Because I know there were so many times where I was just miserable having to like write this long article or, you know, create a Canva graphic, even though I've got a pretty good design eye, it still just wasn't something that really lit me up and I always avoided it. So I wanted to make sure as that leader, I wasn't doing that to my team. And so, you know, I know there's Myers-Briggs and all these strength finder type tests, But when you're looking from the marketing standpoint and the sales standpoint, um, you know, I wasn't really finding anything until I found something. And so I found this content personality quiz, and this is actually used more for entrepreneurs who are service-based businesses for them to market their business and their services. But I was like, nah, I'm willing to give it a try. 
And so when I started to use it and started to align the tasks that these people were worked on based off of their content creation, you know, strengths, that's really where I felt like I was like, yes, I'm on to something good. This is amazing. And it just felt so good to allow people to tap into that strength, right? And not have mm -hmm. to be the reformer and not have to be the jack of all trades. Yeah. And that's, that's so important. And I love that you talk about like zone of genius and I was reading a book recently where it talked not just about the zone of genius, but it talked about like the, your four different zones, right? So your zone of incompetence, mm -hmm. like the things that you are not good at, you're, you're not going to do. Then right. there's your zone of competence, which like you were talking about, like there are things that you can do, but there are other people who are maybe more qualified to do them. You can do it. It's going to take you a lot of time. It's going to take you a lot of effort. Then it's your zone of excellence, yes. which is like you had mentioned, you went to journalism school, you're good at writing, but you don't love writing. But like, so you were trained as a writer, you can do it and you do it pretty well, but it's right. still not where your passion lies. And then there's that zone of genius. And not only are you great at it, but it comes naturally and you just freaking love it. So finding what is in the zone of genius and kind of differentiating too between your zone of genius and your zone of excellence versus right. your zones of competence and incompetence, but like how important it is to build teams around those. And when we were talking before, you had mentioned um, that you get, sometimes you get pushback right. when you go into companies. So tell me a little bit more about that. Well, I think it's because a lot of times we're working from short staff. So we're working from scarcity, from the scarcity mindset that we don't have enough staff to do all the things that we want to achieve as an organization. And so to say that, oh, Sarah, your content personality type is writer, so you're doing all of our writing for us. And for them to say, well, Amy, your content personality type is live in person because um, there's five content personality types um, writing visual. So think like drawing, Canva graphics, you know, that graphic design person that's on your team, they're probably visual. Um, video, so someone who can just kind of talk and present and doesn't need an audience to interact with. Audio, so again, people who love podcasts, who love to pick up the phone and call those members or call those donors, they're your audio folk. And then live in person and Oh, this is such a live in-person activity, even though Sarah and I are here on this podcast together, we can see each other on the screen so we can interact with each other. So this just feeds my live in-person soul. And so, um, you know, it, I think it comes from scarcity. We don't have enough staff to do all the things. And so for me to say, you know, Sarah's going to do the writing, I'm going to do the live in-person. But then also the, well, it's not allowing our staff and our team to grow their skill sets. And I feel like when we say grow your skill sets, we're telling people come jack of all trades. Get out of that zone of genius and come down to that, whatever that middle kind of maintaining one is, Right. And so by giving ourselves as leaders permission to allow people to shine and to create in a way that feels good for them, that feels aligned, I believe you could really work for any organization and thrive. And um, the example that I have of this actually working um, is I worked for a coalition for standardized construction contracts. I'm not a lawyer and tell me very, very boring, right? Like 
<laughs> gouge my eyeballs out for You said it, not me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but still super important, right? Like we want builders and contractors and subcontractors to have solid relationships, making sure everybody gets paid. So I could believe the mission and the reason why this coalition was coming together. Mm-hmm. And so when I started, I, I had everybody take the test that was already the content personality quiz that was on the team. And the CEO, who was the legal person of our team, um, was a writer. Thank God. Thank God he was a writer because we really needed him to write those standardized construction contracts and take things from committee meetings and put them into action. And then the um, the coordinator for the group um, was very much so visual. So Canva was so easy, but it wasn't something that anybody was asking this person to do. And then I, oh, I'm live in person and um, we had a sub that we were using for video and all that stuff. And we could use video with our committee members. I had a couple of com- committee members that could easily just talk about the topic. But we were missing that audio component and we needed a salesperson to kind of call, reach out to the members, make sure that they know this is a product that they can purchase through the association. And so when I did interviews, this was part of my interview process was to make these people take take the quiz. And I only interviewed the audio people. And I ended up hiring this kid. I mean, he was like 23, 24, maybe. And he was selling cell phones at the mall at an AT&T like kiosk. And he hated it. And it's because he had to sit there in front of somebody and like interact with them and show them the phone. And he's like, I'm not a people person. And the CEO looks at me, he's like, you're going to hire a salesperson who isn't a people person. And I was like, I I am because he's an audio person. What he doesn't like is the face-to-face interaction and being in the space of another human. I'm going to stick him in a cubicle in the corner and let him have a phone and see what happens. And so we were, as an organization, I think we were at like that 750-ish revenue a year. And we were just kind of stuck at it. Within 12 months of me bringing on this audio content personality to call members and to get them to renew their membership with us, to renew their dues with us, we hit 1.2 million. Whoa. Yeah. And so, again, standardized construction contracts. Three of us on the team are not lawyers. (laughs) Like, it was just amazing. And so really, that was like proof in my crazy pudding (laughs) that this actually does work. And um, I think it's just really, really great to let someone embrace that and embrace who they are. I mean, this kid wasn't even on social media. And for him to be our number one, our only like salesperson and for him to really be making and closing and helping members see the vision and the mission and come on board as well. It was just absolutely amazing. Okay. So you mentioned social media. Let's relate this over to social media because uh, a lot of the the people that listen to this show mm-hmm. are entrepreneurs, they're small business owners, they're, they're moms who are working a network marketing business, right? And what we're told time and time again is you got to be on social media. Yeah. And even more so than you have to be on social media, you have to be doing short form video, oh. right? You have to be doing TikTok. You have to be doing reels. You have to be – you. You, you have to be, Amy. I don't know why you're saying, ugh, you have to. Oh, it breaks my little heart. <laughs> so, I know. I know it breaks your heart. But that's why I want you to talk about this. So we live in this world where that is 
the consumption platform of choice. Mm-hmm. For someone who is maybe not a video person mm-hmm. or you know who who has a hard time getting on Instagram stories and saying blah 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 I'm randomly starting a podcast yada 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 whatever <laughs> it may be um right. how do those different content personalities still yeah. show up still serve their audience still get seen and discovered great question so one i would say that you do not have to be doing video if you're not a video content personality. So one, I'm giving you permission to throw what we learned, and I'm using quotation marks here, learned as traditional marketing, which is cast a wide net, get in front of the most eyes so you can catch a few of the fish. If you really focus on creating that content so that it is aligned, and so if you are a writer and you're currently creating reels, stop. I'm giving you permission to stop. And get out your typewriter, get out your pen, your computer, whatever you like to write with and on, and start writing. And embrace that. You can post those blogs on Medium. You can post them on your website. Google's going to index that. You're going to show up in Google searches. And so what I hate or what gets me really frustrated or really riled up here about, you know, the way that we're telling people how to market is we're telling them to do everything, to hustle, to hustle, to hustle, to be everywhere, to be everywhere, and to burn out. Mm. And I just don't think that's fair. And especially if you are creating a business, if you have created something on your own, I ask you, why did you create this business? Because you saw you had this gift, right? You had this way of serving people. You have this way of doing something that's really unique and special that lights you up, right? Mm -hmm. And so if you thought about taking that plus aligning how you talk about that thing, how you sell that thing, how you market that thing with where you're energetically wanting to create things, that is such a beautiful situation. And you didn't quit your nine to five job or your corporate job or whatever you left to create this business to be miserable. So stop. Stop making yourself miserable with your marketing. Do what you love to do and know that your people are going to be on whatever platform you love to be on. And yo, I, crazy enough, I love Facebook and I love doing interviews live on Facebook. That's all I do. And so if I do need to write something, I'm probably going to get on Zoom with somebody, turn on that transcript thingy, Mababber, and talk through my written piece, download it, and then have something to kind of edit and give Mm -hmm. that for me to start instead of trying to get out my computer and type something. Because if you ask me to sit there and type something, it's crazy because I'm still writing for the local paper. This is how I write my articles for the local paper is when I do my interviews, I record them. That way I have the transcript and I have something to start with so I'm not having to sit there and type something from scratch. And so going back to like the reels and going back to the short videos and I often hear of, well, you know, if you're not doing video, people can't see your eyes and connect with you. If you're doing video and forcing yourself to do it, I can see in your eyes that you're forcing yourself to do it and you freaking hate it. Valid point. Right? 
And so your energy is going to be off. You're going to resist creating that video. So I say tap into that content personality, throw the rest of the crap out with the bath water, but maybe keep the baby. You should probably keep the baby. And <laughs> um, and just give it a shot. And, you know, with especially, you know, I coach a lot of small business owners or service-based business owners too in marketing and selling. Give it a 30-day trial. One, are you having fun doing it? If so, then I say keep doing it. And two, if you're not landing clients or prospects or people aren't coming to you, it could be a messaging problem. So there is like a layer before the creation, which is your messaging. But at least get that creation and alignment so that way you're not resisting it. Mm. Such good advice. So you're telling me that I can create my short form videos, but I don't have to spend time on captions. I, I tell you, if you looked at my Instagram, like my Reels drafts right now, there's probably 20 of them there. Because I'll do the video and I'll sit there and I'll talk to a camera or I'll talk into a, a microphone all right. day long. Yeah. Wouldn't you so, want me to write about it? Here's uh-uh. the thing. Um, no one's getting to see all that great content you already created, Sarah. So stop I holding know. it back. I know. And I get like the cla- captions like, gosh, you really want someone who isn't able to hear to enjoy your great content. And so they're having to read the crappy captions. And get yourself to the point where you can hire someone to clean those up for you. Mm-hmm. instead of you sitting on it. Um, and if if you're not there yet, then you just need to be okay with it going out without the captions cleaned because no one's going to hear your story and hear the amazing things you have to say if you just keep them in draft mode. Yep. And I think that that's, that right there gets to the important part about building teams. Yeah. Um, a lot of times the messaging is like, oh, well, if you just duplicate yourself. But that's not when, – when I'm building a team, me personally, whether it was in my network marketing business, whether it's in my position in the military, whether it's in my my coaching and consulting business, I'm not looking for people who are like me because then we would have a lot of really great strategic thinkers who like to talk a lot. <laughs> Our budget wouldn't get done. Yeah. <laughs> our Our content wouldn't get done. We wouldn't. We'd have so many great ideas and they would be sitting there in the ether and we just yeah. talk about them all the time. No, yeah. I want people whose strengths are different from my own. Oh, totally. Like I'm I'm a very I'm a very strategic person. I need someone who's a very good like executor. Yeah. Right? <laughs> That's why I'm an officer in the army and and not a, a non-commissioned officer. Yeah. I have these ideas and I'm like, here, here's the plan. Figure out how to make it happen. Right. And I do. And I God bless the people who do that. Right? Oh, I love that. And I think that's such a great point too of when you are hiring and bringing people onto the team, diversifying your team and their strengths, their abilities, their wants and desires. Mm-hmm. And to, you know, to have an entire team um, all only think about the bottom dollar and bringing in money, you're going to come off as a bunch of jerks probably, Right. And that's mm-hmm. not the environment you want to create. But you probably do need that person, at least one of those people on the team to keep you all motivated to bring in money. But you're going to need someone who can go out and talk about that mission or vision. You're going to need someone who can write about it in whatever you know publication that may be important to the industry. If you do have that YouTube channel, who's going to create those videos and talk about those things, right? And how are you going to do that? Is it involving the members? And so I think there's just, oh gosh, and like, don't even get me started on volunteers. 
Let me tell you the one story when I tried to use the content personality quiz for volunteers and how I was being exclusive because I only wanted one content personality, one person under each content personality type. I got, I got a very stern talking to that I couldn't build my volunteer committee by asking them their content personality type and only hiring one. I had, there was, you know, the hierarchy of however it was going to work. And I really feel like that's why a lot of our committees fail Mm -hmm. is because we get too many of the same type or we're not diversifying it enough of the doer tasks to actually get things done. That applies to businesses too. I mean, you had mentioned before you get these CEOs that are like, when they do interviews, they look for the person who has the 10 page resume that says, I can do everything and I can do it all in my sleep. Mm-hmm. And then you wonder why like n- nothing's actually getting done to standard. Right. Right. And I think too, one thing that I've been looking at this year in my business and with my, I've got a couple business partners. Um, what can we do 10% better and can we get rid of the rest? So what's mm-hmm. working for us that we can do 10% better as a team and then get rid of the rest. If it's not working, we really have to then run it through our value systems. Why are we doing this? And run it through our mission, our strategic pillars, right? Why mm-hmm. are we doing this? And I know there's going to be some sacred cows out there that you are like, I don't want to get rid of it because we've been doing it for so long. It may be time, my friends. It may be time. But really, what can you do 10% better and get rid of the rest? Because when you do, better is better, not more. More mm. is not better. Say it again. <laughs> Unless you're eating a handful of chocolate, then more is better, right? Your stomach's <laughs> probably going to hurt though, so this would be a good point. <laughs> so really, um, better is better. And I really think if we can start adjusting that mindset as the, the new wave of leaders um, I think that will set us up better as a society, as a workforce, if we're working for better is better, not more. Love it. Love it. And I don't I don't think that that change in leadership can come fast enough. Mm-hmm. I would have totally agree with you, 100%. And I wonder too, like, as, as we're kind of seeing the shift and the change in leadership, and I know the pandemic and, you know, the great resonation and all these things that have been happening in the universe are applying to bring more people who are newer, who may not have had leadership roles. And then so you just look at the leader that you're replacing in what I would say is don't be scared to embrace being new and do what feels good in your gut. Mm-hmm. Because what may have been been done in the past or in the, yeah, in the past may not actually be the right thing for now. Mm. And it's something that you have to constantly reevaluate too. Totally. Like stay within your strengths but right. reevaluate the ways that you can use them. Right. A hundred percent. Because that's going to change. It's going to change with time. It's going to change as you grow as a, a human and a leader. And it's going to change with tech and with a new global economy. Um, and that's not just for, for Fortune 500 CEOs. That's for the woman who runs a, a business off her kitchen table too. Oh, yeah, definitely. A hundred percent. And I do think that if anything, 
I feel that I've learned most from, you know, the last few years and the pandemic and all that jazz is I think we're starting to shift as a human race of understanding that we can be happy. We can have joy in our life. We don't, ha we don't owe misery. We don't owe the world anything and we don't need to be miserable. Mm. You can find joy right now in doing what you're doing and make the adjustments so that you're living the life that you love now. You know, we don't have to wait till retirement to enjoy ourselves. And I kind of feel like that was a generational thing that I see of the older generation is, oh, you got to mm -hmm. suck it up until you can retire. But I'm starting to see someone- I had the same company for 50 years. Yeah. yeah. And hope that you have enough energy to use the minimal amount that's in your retirement account. <laughs> right? Yeah. So I think there is a lot of shifting happening of how we view work, how we work, and how we view life. I'm just very hopeful that people can stand in their power and really embrace the intuitiveness that I see out there and, and be willing to try something different. I think one of the best things I've learned as a leader and as an executive director, it's okay to fail. And unless, unless you're a surgeon in the ER, then I don't want you to fail. You, you probably should not fail. But we're not saving lives usually, right? We're not ER surgeons. Right. And so it's okay to fail. It really, really is. And like just having that acceptance of what are you learning from failing and how can you fail forward? Mm, I love it. Amy, thank you so much for sharing your, your 15 years of wisdom from this space with us today. I, I really appreciated the conversation. If you were going to leave the listeners with one last piece of advice, what's what's the what's the soundbite? You don't have to be the jack of all trade. You don't have to do it all. Tap in to that zone of genius and really allow yourself whether you are the content creator, whether you are the leader, the CEO, or you know someone just starting out brand new, tap into your strengths and be okay with utilizing those strengths and know that you don't have to work on your weaknesses. Someone else on your team is going to have your back there. Love it. Thank you so much, Amy. Thanks for having me, Sarah. This was fun. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Beyond Leadership Podcast. I sincerely hope that you got something out of today that you are going to be able to take and use on your journey to wherever it is you're going. If you liked what you heard today, be sure to subscribe and share your takeaways on social media. Don't forget to tag me at Sarah May Ski on Instagram. While you're waiting for the next episode, please check out our exclusive Beyond Leadership community over on Facebook to connect with more like-minded and like-hearted individuals dedicated to learning, leading, and encouraging right alongside you every day. Until next time, let's go.